choices. Uh, and it can be big things, like uh, I think about when we bought our house. Before we bought our house, we looked at a lot of houses. And remember we said, like, okay, we want one that's not quite in town. We want to be out of town a little ways, you know, a little bit of country. And then we look at some houses that were a little further out of town, and we're like, well, we really like to have a sidewalk, though, so we can go to, we could walk. So then we'd look at a house that had a sidewalk and be like, yeah, but this is too much in town, and we want a bigger house. And we look at a big house, and we're like, well, that's too expensive. We want one that's a little cheaper. We look at a house a little bit cheaper. Eh, it's too small. It's so hard to find the perfect house. If you ever shop for a house before, you'll know what I mean. And eventually you just learn to say, okay, well, we'll, we'll, just, we'll, t- we'll, we'll take what's most important to us. Um, and we actually found a house that we really like um, in town, but has a nice yard. So it's kind of a, a little bit of a compromise. Um, but it was hard to make a choice like that. And it might not even be a big thing. It might be something small, like going to a restaurant and ordering. I don't know if you guys ever have that. You know, Valentine's Day, Chelsea and I went out for dinner, obviously, went to a nice nice place, but you go out somewhere, especially if you're going somewhere nice and you're, you're going to pay a little bit more money for a nice meal, there's a lot of pressure to order something really good, you know? And so they have this dilemma, which is like, do I order something that I know is going to be good, you know, like a steak, or do I order something that's a little more unusual, something I've never had before that might be better or it might not be. You guys ever have that dilemma? Do I go with something I know? In fact, this last, this last uh, Valentine's Day, Chelsea and I went to, um, I can't think of what it's called, the Lodge at the Valley or whatever it's called up there. And um, we had elk and uh, water buffalo and um, some other things like that. It was good. It was good. I wish I had gotten a steak, but it was, it was fun, though, you know. <laughs> so... But sometimes it's hard to make decisions. Sometimes it's hard to choose. And so my question this morning for you is this. I have a question. If you had to choose between having Jesus here with you this morning or the Holy Spirit inside of you, which would you choose? Which would you choose? And uh, unfortunately, Pastor Chris already gave the answer away. Um, But that's the question we're going to ask. And in John chapter 16, that's where we're going this morning, by the way, is John chapter 16. Jesus gives us the answer to that question. Jesus tells us in John 16 that it is better for you to have the Holy Spirit. When I first had this thought, that's kind of a hard thought for me, like, because you just think of Jesus. He's the Son of God. And if you could have Jesus here with you and you could talk to him, like, what would be better than Jesus? And it's like, it's hard for me to to accept that, but that's what he himself said, that it's better for us to have the Holy Spirit. Open open your Bibles, if you haven't already, to John 16. We're going to start, we're looking at verse 7, that's where he says it. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I don't go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. So he tells us very specifically that we are better off having the Holy Spirit. But he wasn't just telling it to us. When he said this, he was telling his disciples. He was telling his passionate followers who had been following him and learning from him. And he's telling them, hey guys, I'm leaving. But don't worry, It's it's for your own good. Can you imagine, like these are like his closest friends for three years. And he says, hey, I'm gonna do you a favor and I'm gonna leave you alone. How do you think they felt about that? But he was explaining to them that in leaving, he was, it was better for them because the Holy Spirit would come. 
we're not going to get into a, a deep theological discussion about why Jesus had to leave so the Holy Spirit could come. It's interesting discussion, but we're not going to talk about that because that's not what this passage is about. What this passage that we're going to look at is about is quite simply the advantage of the Holy Spirit. What is the advantage of the Holy Spirit? He said, it's to your advantage to have the Holy Spirit. So what is it about it that is more advantageous for us? Let me pray really quickly. Lord, we just, uh, we just invite you to come and speak to us this morning through this passage in John. We invite the Holy Spirit even to come into this room right now and um, to make our, help our minds understand and help our hearts be open to what you're trying to say to us this morning. Amen. So, the advantage of the Holy Spirit, there's many roles that the Holy Spirit plays in our lives. There's many things that the Holy Spirit does here on earth, but there are three things in particular that stood out to me in the next couple of verses. It says it very, very clearly, and I just want to look at those things really quick, okay? The first thing that uh, this, this chapter talks about, the Holy Spirit, it says, He will convict. And you see that, I think, in the next verse, verse 8, it says, When He comes, He will convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and judgment. And uh, this word convict, at least for me, what it brings up is like maybe like a legal term of a, of a conviction. It's kind of a bad thing. We've been, you know, accused and convicted. And um, there is, there is a, a, a thing there that's important for us to understand that when the Holy Spirit comes and he proves to us the sin that's in our life, he, what he's doing is he's showing us our need for Jesus. Without the conviction of the Holy Spirit, we would have no need for the salvation of Jesus. So there's an incredible importance to the conviction that the Holy Spirit brings. But it's not just a negative thing. There's also a positive conviction where the Holy Spirit persuades us, or maybe another word would be convinces us to make it real to us, the thing that he has done. I've heard this saying that man can open a door, but only the Lord can open the heart. And in conversations, you can open someone's mind or you can open the door for them, but only the Holy Spirit can truly persuade them. You can, um, you can read a lot from the Bible or from good books. You can listen a lot to, to speakers or to worship songs. Um, you can learn a lot, but it doesn't genuinely impact you until you experience the truth for yourself. I kind of, something that's kind of similar for me is uh, Sam Maurer and I had, was joke, had this little joke about how he would tell me about a band that he had heard that he liked. He'd be like, hey, you got to check out this band. They're really great and whatever. And I would be like, cool, yeah, whatever. I'm not really into that, but thanks. And then like a few months later, I would like, through some other series, whatever, I'd stumble across this band and I'd find a song and I'd be like, whoa, this band is really good. I should tell Sam about it. And I'd be like, hey, Sam, I just heard this new band. And I would tell him about it. And then he'd be like, yeah. That's the one I was trying to tell you about a few months ago. And it's like, it's, it's similar to that. Like, having someone tell you doesn't impact you the same way as you experiencing it for yourself. Like, you know, you could sing, here's an example. You could sing the song, Good, Good Father. You guys know that song, right? Good, Good Father. And you could sing that song until you're literally blue in the face, but it's not going to affect you until the Holy Spirit brings that truth into your life. You're not really going to know the love of the Father just by singing a song over and over again. And I've experienced this myself. Um, I remember this one time, you know, experiencing the love of the Father in a really powerful way. 
I was listening to this song, um, it's called Please Come Home, and it's a song about um, the prodigal son and how the whole time the prodigal son was gone, the father was looking down the road and he was watching for his son to come home. And uh, the, the, actually the, the line in the song says, um, it says, I know what you're thinking. You've troubled me enough, but nothing will ever separate you from my love. And when I was listening to that song, I was actually driving down Centerline Road on my way to camp for a, a service at Camp Judah that night. And I was driving down the road listening to that song, and it was about the prodigal son. And the prodigal son, let me tell you, is a story that I have heard before. I've heard it many times. I have taught on the prodigal son. It's a story I'm familiar with. But that day, as I was driving, and I, I, I wasn't even really listening, but the song was on, and I, the Holy Spirit spoke to me, and it connected with some things I had been feeling in my own heart, in my own life. And in that moment, I suddenly was, felt this washing over me of the love of the Father, that He really loved me no matter what. And I, I literally pulled over to the side of the road, and I wept, because the impact that that truth had on me in that moment was so powerful. And it wasn't because I had heard it in a song, or because um, it's a story, I heard the story, whatever, it's because the Holy Spirit brought it into my life in that moment. And that's, that's an example of a way that he convinces or persuades. Um, the next thing I want to show you guys, uh, if you jump down a few verses, uh, it actually says that, you know, that he will guide us into the truth. In fact, if you have a Bible that you're allowed to write in, um, I would recommend that you underline these. That's what I did in my Bible. It says, like, he will convict and he will guide that's the next one I saw, um, and that's in verse 13. Jesus says, I have many things to say to you, but you can't bear them right now. But when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into the truth. And I'm so grateful for this one. The Holy Spirit will lead us into the truth. This is something that's super needful for us as a people because spiritual truths are difficult to understand. They're difficult to grasp. You know, someone can tell you that, uh, that the, the Trinity is God, three in one, and he's three parts, but they're all the same, and they're all one, and you're going, what? And thank the Lord for the Holy Spirit, because he guides us into truth, and he helps us understand difficult truths that we wouldn't otherwise. Think about it like this, okay? Jesus is talking to his disciples, who he has been teaching and training for three solid years, and he says, I have so much more to tell you guys, but you wouldn't understand it right now. So if sitting under the teaching of Jesus himself, God himself, for three years, and these guys still don't get it, how much more do we need the Holy Spirit to stay with us and to continue to teach us and continue to guide us? Amen? And I love this word guide, by the way. It's, I think it's great that the word guide is in there because it gives the picture of somebody who is like leading you, um, but patiently and maybe gently and just showing you some things. And I, I think of like maybe if you were to go um, on a, you know, maybe like you'd have a guide to take you through a museum or through a park or something like that. There's a guide showing you things. And the guide isn't a drill sergeant hammering the truth into you. He's just taking you places and showing you, oh, take a look at this, and here, did you know about this? And, and pointing things out to you as you go. And that's how the Holy Spirit works often in our life. Um, <clears throat> he's not brainwashing us with information. 
He's gently leading us to things and revealing things to us. Yeah, and, and I've, this is another thing I've experienced myself. I don't know if you guys have ever been here before where you read a portion of Scripture that, if you were to be honest, is kind of confusing, unclear. Maybe you almost think, why is this even in the Bible? Been reading through the Old Testament recently, so <clears throat> kind of had some of that experience. Like in the, in the book of uh, Leviticus and in Numbers, they talk about the tabernacle that the, the Old Testament Jews had built and how they would do these animal sacrifices and they would sprinkle blood over everything, basically. And there's, it's, just, it's just a confusing kind of passage, you know. And it could be easy to read those kinds of things and be like, what? Why, why am I reading this? What does this have to do with me? And, and I found that the Holy Spirit will meet you in those places and show you things that you wouldn't have seen otherwise. Uh, and guide you into the truth. And, I, and as I was reading those, I was tempted to just sort of like skim past them. And, and I kind of did. I'll be honest. I kind of did skim a little bit. But I felt like the Holy Spirit began to reveal a truth to me that like, listen, there's a lot of attention to detail in the way that this tabernacle was built. And there's a lot of attention to detail about how people were cleansed and where the blood was sprinkled, what animals were killed, and all that stuff. And the same attention to detail is given to the temple that is inside of me. And in the end of that book, the Holy Spirit comes and he fills, the presence of God comes and fills that tabernacle so heavily that Moses can't even enter it. And that same place that is so holy and so sacred that the priest can't even go in except once a year, that same place is inside of me now. By the blood of Jesus, which is greater than the blood of animals, the blood of Jesus has washed me and made me a temple, and now I'm as full of the presence of God as that building was. Amen? I'm way off track of my message, but, oh, that's right, it was an example of a way that the Holy Spirit would guide you into a truth that you wouldn't have seen otherwise, that you wouldn't have picked up on. Um, Again, it says, after it says that, it says that the Holy Spirit will speak. He won't speak on his own authority. Whatever, whatever he hears, he will speak. And that's the third thing I notice is that the Holy Spirit will speak. He will declare to you things that are to come. He will glorify me. He will take what is mine and declare it to you. So the Holy Spirit speaks to us. But this verse very specifically, very clearly says that... Um, He's not speaking what he's thinking. He's hearing what God is saying or hearing what Jesus is saying, and he's speaking to us. So in a way, he's just relaying a message. He's just forwarding an email that Jesus sent him to go to us. And so what he's doing is he's connecting us to what Jesus is saying. In fact, a few chapters earlier when Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit, he says that the Holy Spirit will remind us of things that Jesus has already said. That's what he's doing. He's reminding us. He's just telling us what Jesus has said. In verse 14, um, it says the Holy Spirit will glorify Jesus. The Greek word that's used there is doxazo, and that word glorify means like, you know, it's what you think it would mean, like to esteem or to praise or to give honor to somebody or something. Uh, but in another, like another way to describe it, it would be to... Uh, cause, it says, to cause the worth of something or someone to be seen or acknowledged. So basically, not just that you're looking at it and saying, wow, that's awesome, but you're telling other people, you're drawing attention to something that you think is great. 
And, uh, you know, this is something maybe you could relate to, like a, a friend, you know, goes to a new restaurant, and they're like, you got to hear about this new restaurant. It's amazing, and the food is so good, and they tell you about it because they're excited about it, and they're telling you, you got to try it out, and they want you to go because they really enjoyed it. And that's kind of how the Holy Spirit is with Jesus. He's saying, listen, this is so good for you, what he can do for you, and the things, he is, the things he's already done, and he can do more in you, and the Holy Spirit is excited about what Jesus is doing, and he wants to get you excited about it as well. So in glorifying Jesus, he's telling you what Jesus can do and what he, what's going on. I want you to take a minute and think about all of the ways that God speaks to us. Think about the ways God speaks. In fact, let's make this interactive for just a minute. What are some ways that God speaks to you guys? Anybody ever felt like they've heard God speak in, in, in what way? Through pictures, like uh, like a picture you saw, like something in your hey, okay pictures you have to draw. Someone said song lyrics. That's another real, another really powerful one for me. In fact, I gave example of that already. It's a good one. Yeah, like an audible voice. Wow, that's cool. Um, anyone else? Oh, through the Bible, like through reading, through reading scripture. Yeah. What's another way, you guys? Anyone else? Through color. Oh, like in your, in your mind, okay, like a sense of a, of a color. What's that? Your mind, yeah. Sometimes I'm amazed that God actually uses my brain to, to think, to talk to me. I saw dreams, other people. <laughs> so you were going to say other people, then he said it. How ironic. <laughs> so here, here's like... A myriad of different ways that the Holy Spirit speaks to us. And I want to suggest to you that every way that you connect with God is a work of the Holy Spirit. Whether it's a dream or understanding scripture or getting a picture, if it's an answer to prayer, if it's a sense in your heart, I want to suggest that that is the work of the Holy Spirit. The advantage of the Holy Spirit is his ability to connect with every believer personally. That's the advantage of the Holy Spirit. Is he's in your heart, and he knows what you're thinking, and he can communicate directly to you. When Jesus was here on earth, he was God incarnate, God in the flesh. God, it was a physical manifestation of God, which means he had physical limitations. When Jesus was on earth, he could only talk to one person at a time. He could only be with one person at a time. He could only disciple one person at a time. Let me ask you this. How many people do you think Jesus personally connected with while he was here on earth? How many? Well, 12 disciples, his mother, his father. Um, he was good friends with um, Mary and Martha and Lazarus. Maybe a few others that he knew really well. But there's a limit to the number of people that Jesus knew, knew really well and was able to speak into their life. But the Holy Spirit, that number is any believer who receives the Holy Spirit can connect personally with God. And that's the advantage of the Holy Spirit. I think it's really fitting in the book of John that they put the chap chapter 16 right after chapter 15. It's not a joke. <laughs> I think it's really fitting 
that 15 follows 16 because, as Pastor Chris taught us, did I say it backwards? I think it's really fitting that chapter 16 follows chapter 15. Because as Pastor Chris taught us a few weeks ago, in chapter 15, Jesus is the vine, and um, he gives us an invitation to abide in the vine. It's an invitation to live life with him. And part of me thinks, that sounds amazing, and that sounds wonderful. And part of me thinks, how in the world am I going to do that? How do, I, how do I stay in that? How do I want to abide? How do I do that? If chapter 15 is the invitation to abide, then chapter 16 is the ability to abide. It's the Holy Spirit walking with you day by day. The Holy Spirit is God, or the Holy Spirit brings God into your everyday life. That, to me, is the point of what he's telling his disciples. God, you know, once the Holy Spirit comes in, then God is not just a mental exercise or something you do on Sunday mornings. It's every single day he's with you. The Holy Spirit is the part of God that whispers wisdom into your mind when you're dealing with a difficult situation. Maybe you're dealing with something at work and you don't know how to fix it or don't know how to figure it out or what to do. The Holy Spirit can give you wisdom. Listen, a lot of what he does we talked about this morning is spiritual truths. But I genuinely, honestly believe that the Holy Spirit gives us practical wisdom on how to deal with practical life situations. How do I talk to this person? How do I fix this thing? How do I figure this out? I believe if you pray and ask the Holy Spirit, he will give you really practical wisdom how to do actual things. The Holy Spirit is the part of God that fills you with patience when you have three little kids that are ignoring you and behaving like heathens, and you think, I'm about to give up on these kids, the Holy Spirit can bring real, genuine like patience and understanding into your heart in those moments. He's the part of God that lets you hear God's voice. Even if you can't put your finger on it, maybe you can't describe it. It's like, I just know God is saying this to me. I, I can't put a word on it, I know he's here. I can tell his presence is here. That's the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit. You know, you ever, you ever hear someone talk about the power of the Holy Spirit and filled with the power? And I remember when I was young, that was always weird to me. Like, what does that mean, filled with the power? I want to tell you what the power of the Holy Spirit is. It's not like some weird, mystical you know, boost you up a level, Pokemon power kind of thing. The power of the Holy Spirit is the ability for you to connect with God. It's the ability for you to hear and sense what God is doing. That is the power of the Holy Spirit. So my challenge to you guys is to take advantage. Take advantage of what, what Jesus has given to us. Take advantage of the Holy Spirit. Take advantage of this ability we have to connect with him every day because that's what he's given to us. I was talking to, um, I was talking to my dad a little bit about this and uh, he shared a few thoughts I thought were just really great. He said that he remembers um, one of the most important lessons that he learned from Pastor Andy, Zach, was 
If you want the Holy Spirit to come, then you need to make a place for him. So I challenge you, make a place for the Holy Spirit. Maybe that means time. Maybe you need to carve out a little bit of time. Maybe that just means um, a priority in your life, that you take time to pray. Maybe it, maybe it means that you're, you're bringing situations to him and giving him an opportunity. I want to challenge you, take advantage of the Holy Spirit. There's a lot of, a lot of good teachings on how to receive the Holy Spirit and um, what it means to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I'm not going to get into all of that except to say a few verses later in John 16, he says something super important for us. He says, let me read it. Whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give to you. Whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give to you and ask that you will receive. And so that is my challenge to you this morning, is ask that you would receive. How many of you guys want more of the Holy Spirit? How many of you, as I'm talking, you thought, that's what I need to get through my day. That's what I need. I need to be able to connect with God. Holy Spirit, we just welcome you into this room right now. We need to be filled afresh. We long to be filled again. Your word says ask and we'll receive. Right now we ask you to come fill our hungry hearts to connect us to you. I kind of got the feeling that maybe there's a few people who have felt like they struggle to hear God's voice. Or maybe you feel distant from God, your Father. And I want to challenge you or encourage you maybe that as you receive the Holy Spirit's work, you're going to feel, you're going to hear His voice, you're going to sense His, His, His voice, you're going to feel more connected to it. If you felt that, like I feel distant or I feel disconnected. Take advantage of this moment. Open your heart. Ask and you will receive. I just, I don't feel ready to move yet, so I'm just going to take a moment. I'm going to stay right here. I just invite you to receive the Holy Spirit in this moment.
I said earlier that if you want the Holy Spirit to come, you've got to make a place for him, and you've got to make a space for him. So we're going to do something just a little bit different. Um, if you need to leave, you're welcome to leave. Um, but we, let's just take, those of you who would like to stay, we're just going to take a few minutes and just continue in this place, just creating a space where he can come and he can speak and he can meet us. He might come and speak to you. You might sit in silence. But let's just take a moment and wait and see what he does. If you need to leave, be blessed. Have a good afternoon. Feel free to leave. If you'd like to stay, though, you're welcome to wait with us.
Lord, we thank you so much for the gift of your Holy Spirit. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for coming and, and uh, meeting us and being here with us. We thank you that you're here in this moment, but even as we go, you're with us. Thank you that you go with us, Holy Spirit. What a privilege. What a privilege. Lord, I pray that there would be an increase of an awareness of the Holy Spirit, not just on Sunday mornings, but on Monday mornings and on Wednesday afternoons and on Friday evenings, Lord. In our lives, there would be a greater increase of awareness of your presence and your Holy Spirit. We invite you to invade our spaces with your presence. We invite you. You are welcome in our lives, Holy Spirit. You're welcome. Amen. 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 If you would, um, if you'd like, you're more than welcome to stay. If you want to come up front or if you want to stay in your seat, you're more than welcome to stay and, and linger. If you go, go in the Holy Spirit.